This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Well, it's good to be back. It's been a while since I've been here, and uh, I forgot how much I miss this place. This is awesome. So, uh, yeah, as, as Darren said, we've got, uh, I don't know how many DVDs we have left out there, but it won't be released to the public until, I think, August. So if you want to get them, now's the time to get them. Otherwise, you have to wait like four months. But um, I'm just going to kind of jump into it today. I'm, just so you guys know, I'm, a, I'm not a preacher, uh, but I am a storyteller. And so I'm going to tell you guys a story today, if that's okay. Uh, and I hope it's okay that we have a little fun. Can we, like, loosen up a little bit? and laugh a little bit, and I'm, I'm, I may say some offensive things, um, and I just, I don't, I'm sorry, I, I apologize in advance if you were like, think that uh, church needs to be just super like stodgy and, and serious, but uh, I'm just going to be real with you this morning if that's okay. I don't really know any other way, so, but basically I wanted to, um, everything that I do is based off of basically one verse in the Bible. It's kind of like my life verse, and it's, to me, it's, it's probably the most important concept, and, I, and to me, I feel like this is the, the, the meaning of life, um, and it's from John uh, 15, it's actually John 15, 15, <clears throat> actually, we'll start at 14, it says, you are my friends, this is Jesus talking, you're my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. And to me, the meaning of life is friendship with God. That's the whole point. The, the point of this life is not to, like, get to heaven. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a fun side product. The point of all, of all of this is to become friends with God. And um, it took me a minute, like 30 years, to get there, to even get to the understanding of what that even means. Because, um, you know, when I, I grew up, I grew up in the church, um, so I never knew a day in, li- in my life that, where Jesus didn't exist. And um, <clears throat> there's good and there's bad and that, you know, it kept me out of, out of trouble a lot of times. But at the same time, it just kind of like, as the years went by, I just became more and more numb to the gospel. Does that make sense? This, like, the Jesus loves you. Okay. I know. Right? Big deal. And then I'd go out and film, and, and we'd be on the streets, and, t- and, you know, we'd tell somebody, hey, just so you know, Jesus loves you. And they burst into tears. And I'm like, what are you crying for? Like, this is like basic knowledge, right? Like, it just didn't mean anything. And, um, and, and part of it was, actually all of it was, I didn't trust God as far as I could throw him. I loved him, in a sense, as, as best I could, but I didn't like him. Does that, does that make sense? Like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like him because I didn't trust him because I was terrified of him. Um, I thought that God was the most selfish person in the universe. It's all about him. Everybody, he's just like a black hole that has to suck up everybody's praise. You know? 
I thought he was, the, he was distant. I mean, why else would you be invisible? Like, why do you got to make it so difficult? Just, just show up. Just show yourself. You know, everybody will believe if you just show yourself. I thought he was cold. I thought he was clinical. Um, he was very rigid. This is, this is the God that I thought of for 30 years. He was absolutely humorless because church was no fun. There's no, there's no laughter usually in church. He was emotionless. And he was only really concerned with getting the outcomes that he wanted. What I wanted didn't really matter. It, all, it was all about like what he wanted. And I just had to get in line and be a good soldier, no matter what it cost or, what it, or how much I hated it. <clears throat> I told, are, we, are you guys with me? Okay, I told you it was going to be a little real. So it's going to get a little raw in here this morning. In a sense, I felt like a servant. And I think until you, want, you get the revelation of God as friend and that Jesus actually wants a friendship. Not, not, we're not talking buddy, okay? He's not our pal. He's God and he's holy. But Jesus himself said, I don't call you a servant anymore. I call you my friend. Now that means something. And I think that's the reason there's so many miserable Christians in the world is because they're still operating under a servant mindset. You know, Darren is one of my best friends. I only have a few. Um, I've got trust issues. But, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're, we're very, very, very good friends. And we would do pretty much anything for each other. Not out of obligation, but because we're friends. So I spent my entire life trying to keep God at a healthy distance. So I, I always called it like a, I wanted to keep him at, I, I was always trying to find the sweet spot of Christianity. And to me what that meant was, you know, you, you get God, you keep God close enough that you, that you don't feel like a total spiritual loser. You know what I mean? Like you're still, you're still a believer, but like you got to keep him at, at enough of a distance so that he doesn't get dangerous. Do you know what I'm saying? Because when you get with the, the people who let him in close, like their stories are wild. And I didn't want a wild story. I wanted a safe, comfortable story. Right? Oh, little did I know. Oh, the places you'll go, right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't I just I didn't want to give him everything because that then my life was going to change and I didn't want that to happen. I remember, I remember where I grew up, I grew up a good old Baptist boy, and uh, every, once, once a Sunday every year, they'd have what we call missionary Sundays. I don't know if you guys ever, if you guys grew up in a church like this, where they'd bring all the missionaries that you, that you support, and they'd give them one Sunday, that's all they get, <laughs> you know, and they, would, and they would come in and they'd kind of share like what they're doing and like what our money is supporting and all that kind of stuff, and you know, I remember like watching this, and I'm like, boy, who would ever want to be a missionary? <laughs> like, this life sounds terrible. Like, it's hot, there's no air conditioning, the food sucks. You know, it's like, they're just like, ugh. And they're like, but all for the glory. You know, it's a sacrifice we, we love. We love the sacrifice. And, 
you know, I'm like, I, I don't know, I kind of like ESPN. I like my cable TV. I don't. But that was like the ultimate, right? They're, they were the ultimate Christians. And you would give that Sunday more than normal because you felt so guilty. And so you're like, you know what I'm saying? So it's almost like, you know, faith by proxy. You, you know. But anyway, so I just remember like, who would want, like, I don't, that's what happens when you get close. When you go, when you go all in, you're going to have to be a missionary. And was, that's not going to happen. You know, that was my, that was, I think that's every, like, every, like, well, I don't know, I can speak for Baptists. I can't speak for anybody else. Every Baptist kid's worst nightmare is that you're going to get sent off to Africa when you grow up. <laughs> like, I got to go be a missionary. I've been to, uh, now I've been to Africa a million times. Uh, yeah, so basically it boils down to this. I didn't trust God. I had become a bitter and cynical Christian. I, and when I would go to church, I would judge everything. I'd judge I'd judge the sermon, I would judge the song list, I would judge the lyrics, I would judge every single thing that was happening. And uh, I had a joyless faith. And man, the more I get to, the more I see, the more I think that there are, I'm not the only one. There are a lot of joyless Christians (laughs) in this world. That's why so many Christians are so mean. They don't don't have the joy. They don't have any joy, man. I mean, think about it, right? All right, so this is where I'm at. I just wanted to give you kind of the baseline um, of where I was. So then, so I'm just living life. Uh, I became a a college professor when I was 23 years old. Um, Yeah, I'm wicked smart. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, tr- I tricked them. Trust me, I tricked them. Um, but yeah, so I, so my faith then, it, that was like the worst thing for me because now my faith was like fully going to my head. There is no, there's no heart in my faith. It was just, it was just academic knowledge of who God is. And so I'm just kind of living life. I'm trying to hold on. I'm just, I'm, you know, I know I'm getting to heaven because I believe the right stuff. Um, but I'm just going to kind of white knuckle it for, for my life and then I'll, I'll get in and Skin in my teeth. I'm, as long as I get in, I don't care. But uh, so then, so I'm just living life. And then my family discovers this church, this thing that's happening in Toronto. And it's a, apparently, it was a, apparently a revival. It was happening in, in, uh, in Toronto. And so they start going to this thing. They start they're going to conferences every couple of months. And uh, long story short, I'm not going to get into this one, but it's, it, this is where things get a little weird. Um, my aunt and uncle go there as a la- in a, a last-ditch effort to try to save their marriage because their marriage was falling apart. And they walked in normal, and then they walked out that night, uh, both of them with gold teeth <laughs> in their mouth. My aunt had got one. My uncle got two. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not joking. Like full-on gold teeth. My aunt died last year, and we actually had the gold tooth extracted, and we have it in a little, this little thing. It was, it was wild. If you watch Finger of God, my first movie, you'll see all, you'll see all about it. But so they got gold teeth, and I'm like, and I'm, and you know, I, they keep coming back and telling these stories, and you know, I'm not going there, but like they're coming back and telling me you know, all these things, like there people being raised from the dead, like limbs growing out, and I'm like, what? Like that's not true. 
But then my aunt and uncle get gold teeth, miraculously. And I can't, I can call everybody a liar, which I did. <laughs> but I can't call them liars because I've grown up with them and I knew them my whole life. I mean, she was a housewife and he was a superintendent of schools in Minnesota. Like, these are normal people. They're not out for like a ministry, like, hey, look at me. And, uh, but it was interesting, you know, the backstory, th- those two gold teeth. People always say, well, why would God do something so strange and, and weird? Well, those two things were the, were the catalyst to completely restore their marriage. And it's a longer story I'm not going to get into, but it's, it's, you know, he doesn't do stuff just to be fun. You know, he's not, uh, he's not magic Jesus, but we treat him like that sometimes, I think. So anyway, so they get gold teeth. My family's getting rocked. Everybody's getting transformed and, uh, everybody's trying to get Darren to go. Because they know that I need it. <laughs> I'm, I'm refusing, man. Like, look, I, don't, I can't do a conference, man. I can't do, that's church for three days in a row. I can't do that. That's too much. And so, yeah, so I remember, like, uh, there's a big conference happening. It was in May of, I think, 2005. And uh, my wife came to me. She said, I want to go, to, I want you to go to this, this uh, conference with me in Toronto. I was like, no, that's not going to happen. She said, no, listen, I'll, I'll make you a deal. Um, if you go to this one conference this one time, I will never ask you to go to another conference ever again. <laughs> and I said, done, let's do this. Let's rip off the Band-Aid. So I go. Uh, it was uh, one of the worst experiences of my life in the beginning. I was, this was in the, the this is peak charismania, okay? <laughs> I mean, laughing, barking, Roaring like lions, shaking. I was like, this is why I don't come here. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> you know, and I, oh gosh. But so, but they, they had this thing happen so where they would do every night, every, every, after every night, they would have a, like a, a prophetic team would come out. And you could go get, you know, a prophetic word. And so I was like, okay, this, I'll, I'll do this because I'll get my fortune told. That's fine. <laughs> so I looked at it. So I went up and they had these lines, right? In the, in the trunk, you had to line up on a line. And I, was, I thought that was cool. I'm like, okay, we have a little bit of order finally. <laughs> and uh, so they would release the, the prophetic team. And the prophetic team was all the students in their school. So there's all these like 19, 20-year-old kids who are like super excited to <laughs> prophesy. Like, they're just running to, like, do it. And I'm, like, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm, like, okay, we're, can I get an adult? <laughs> like, I don't want JV. Can I get the varsity? <laughs> you know? I'm, like, oh, come on. So, <laughs> so they, they come up to me. And I mean, this happened three nights in a row. Three nights in a row. And, I, and every night I'd have at least two people pray for me. And... Um, every night, all, so the six times, all six words were exactly the same, which caught my attention. And they, you know, and it, so, you know, prior to this, I had, I had gotten an idea and I, and I knew this idea was from the Lord. And it's again, it's, I, I'm trying to keep this brief, a little bit more brief. I don't want to get into the whole like weeds, but, um, I had this idea that God had given me because I had, I had gone through a period of writer's block. And for the first time in my life, I asked God for an idea because I was so desperate. 
And about five minutes after I ask God for an idea, because I'm a creative, I have to keep working, I get really, really irritable. And uh, about five minutes after I asked this, he dropped, there's this, this idea exploded in my brain. And the idea was make a short film about weird stuff that Christians believe. And I remember when I, when I, when I heard that, I'm like, okay, that sounds, that sounds Christ, a little Christian, but it sounds like the kind of Christian I can do. Because I think all these people are nuts anyway. So, I'm, you know, so because I'm, I'm hearing all these crazy stories, I got the gold teeth. You know, I'm like, okay, let's let's head down this road. But I'm like, okay, but this is like, it's it's a little too much. I've never made a movie before in my life. I was a writer. I wasn't a filmmaker. I was a college professor. I'm like, okay, you know, someday when I get successful, I'll return to this idea. This will be like my little gift to God. And uh, so I kind of put it on a shelf and just kind of walked away from it and said, you know, someday. So I go to this thing, and every word that I get for three nights in a row was some iteration of, there's something on the shelf that's gathering dust, and God wants you to take it off of the shelf and run with it. And they all ended it with, and you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm not embellishing any of this, just so you guys know. This is all totally true. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting, right? Um, But of course, it's not quite enough because I'm an evangelical. I need a little bit more confirmation before I do anything. (laughs) But uh, so I remember it was the last night, last night of the conference. And that last night, if you've ever been to these these conferences, especially back in the day, they've they've calmed down a little bit. But back in the day, man, like everybody's like, nobody's ever going to see me again. I'm just going to do my charismatic thing. And it was just bonkers. I mean, fire tunnels, whatever they were. Is, some of you guys remember some of this stuff, right? And that was the big question all week. Is Darren going to go through a fire tunnel? <laughs> I did. There's nothing. I didn't feel a thing. But... um so, yeah, so everybody's going crazy. I remember in the middle of worship, um, the, one of the speakers at this conference, his name is Bob Jones, looked just like a turtle. <laughs> Did he look like a turtle? <laughs> he did, man. I mean, he was, and he was weird, man. He was out there. So he, he walks up on stage in the middle of worship and interrupts worship. And I'm like, this is rude. Well, okay, you know, and he, so he grabs the microphone, and this is exactly what comes out of his mouth. He's a good old southern boy. He says, uh, I just want y'all to know that an angel has entered the building. <laughs> and his name is Breakthrough. And he's come here all the way from Nigeria where he's been for the last 10 years. And he's brought a whole bunch of his angel buddies with him. And they're going to be ministering to us tonight. And they're looking for hearts that are turned to the Lord. So we're just going to let Breakthrough and his buddies do whatever they want to do. And just keep on praising the Lord. Click. Thank you very much. I'm like, okay, this... This cannot end soon enough. (laughs) So 
anyway, they get back to what they're doing, and I'm, I, I go to the back because I just can't handle it anymore. <laughs> and I remember I'm, uh, I'm sitting in the back, and I'm, you know, I'm like, you know what, because I'm, I'm still a believer. I'm not like an atheist, but I'm just kind of like in the back, and I'm just like, all right, I, Lord, I'm just going to like worship you the way I know you prefer to be worshipped. And I'm just like, I'm just, you know, just going to calm. You know, I'm just going to center. And so I've got, you know, I've got my eyes closed. And, like, every, like I'm probably about 10 or 15 feet from anybody else. My back's against the wall. And, and uh, I, remember there's, I remember very clearly there's, like, drum. The, they had this drum solo that was happening. And I've got my eyes closed. And all of a sudden, somebody, like, passes right, like, really close to me with my You know how you can tell, like, like a, the light kind of shifts a little and I was kind of annoyed because I'm like, I, I, I wanted to be, like, away from people. And somebody just walked really close by. And so I opened my eyes, and there's, there's, there's nobody there. Well, that was weird. So I closed my eyes, and that's when my life changes forever. Um, the best way I can describe it is I have my eyes closed, but I see the outline of a person. And like your so like if you close your eyes, it's dark. But then it was like a darker dark. If that makes it was like a shadow. But I could only see with my eyes closed. I kept opening my eyes. There's nothing. Close my eyes, and there it is. It's like outline. It was a little bit taller than me. And I'm like, what is going on? Because I didn't just see it. I felt something. Now, you could probably tell by what I've said before. I've never felt anything before in church, ever. Like I don't even get like a shock from the carpet. It's just dead but like this I could feel I could feel this intensity of a, of a being in, that's standing in front of me and it felt I remember thinking like I, if you're in these moments like you just have these kind of internal thoughts and I'm, I remember I was like kind of leaning away but my back was hitting the wall and I'm leaning away because it was like re- right here and super intense and like just like Rrr. and I'm like look I don't know what this thing is but it wants to break through a wall that's remember that's remember that was a thought that I had, and as soon as I had that thought, I remembered the guy who looked like a turtle, and I'm like, that guy was actually telling the truth because I knew, like I knew anything in my life, that the angel named Breakthrough was standing right in front of me. And this doesn't happen to people like me, okay? This happens to the freaks who go to these conferences. <laughs> me college professor no but like I can't deny what's happening right and I remember it's he's just like kind of like staring at me face ID there we go he's just he's in front of me and it's just emanating intensity and I remember just thinking like what like what's going what do you want right and he goes he says are you ready and it wasn't an audible voice but it was like all that I could hear in my head if that makes sense because I'm locked in at this point I'm like this is this is weird this is happening and he says are you ready and I have no idea what he's talking about but I just said yes because I knew enough to know that if an angel ever asks you a question you just say yes <laughs> I'd been to Sunday school so I said yes so he says again, are, he's like, talks like this, are you ready? I was like, yes. And the last thing I saw, these like shadow hands coming up. And I'm like, he's grabbing my head. And he screams in my face, are you ready? 
It was like the WWE. It was weird. I mean, he was so intense, you guys. And I remember, I, this, is, this time I said out loud, yes, ready for what? And it was like he smoldered for like 10 seconds. And then he just said, make that movie. And then he drifted away. And I remember like, hold up. I, so I, I remember like this was the weirdest, coolest experience I've ever had in my life. And I just didn't want it to end. And I said, I said, wait, don't go. And instantly he was back in front of me. But this time, that, that intensity was the most tender, like loving presence I've ever experienced. And instead of leaning away, I, kept, I, I found myself kind of leaning forward because I wanted to like get into that tenderness. And he, he whispered to me, but it was louder than when he yelled at me. He says, what do you want? What do you need? I'll stay with you all night if you need me to. And I said, I don't need anything. This is just really cool. I literally said that. And he just sat there. He just stood there. So, like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't know, like, angel etiquette. I didn't know how, like, angel things work. So I, I think, I don't, like, I don't know if he, like, do I have to release him? Like, what's going on? So I was like, okay, well, because I realized, too, there's a lot of people here in this place that it's, like, 3,000 people. They all, they all want breakthrough, Right. And so I just said, okay, well, I guess you can go now. And then he just kind of left. So I come out of this thing, and um, I remember one time I'm just kind of processing, and I remember my wife came up to me, and, like, they're starting to fire tunnels, and they're like, are you going to go through the fire tunnel? And I'm like, I'll go through your fire tunnel, but, like, something just happened, and I need to be alone for a second. I need to go process something. So I went up to the they had a little balcony area in Toronto, and uh, I went up there, and I, I remember I, I kind of sat down on the ground in a corner, and I was so freaked out. I'm like, God, what is happening to me? Like, I, I feel like I'm going crazy. Like, this doesn't happen to me. And I said, I said, God, what are you doing? And I remember as clear as day, it was the first vision I ever, I ever had in my entire life. And, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, I, my, my dad was like my best friend growing up. And, uh, you know, he was a, he was a potter. If you saw the movie, he's the, the guy doing the pot in the movie. Um, and so he would always, but he had a, a studio in our garage. And so, you know, but I'd always, I'm a kid, I'm eight years old, I just want to play catch. And so I'd go, you know, hey, Dad, can we play catch? And no matter what, he always would stop whatever he was doing. And we, he'd go play catch with me and, play, and just throw the, the ball around. And so I remember <clears throat> this vision comes up. And um, it was, I don't know if you guys, it's an older movie. If you've ever seen the movie uh, The Natural with Robert Redford, the very end of that movie, he's like in a field, like kind of of wheat, and he's playing catch with like his son. And so this picture comes up, and it's, it's, it's me in this field of wheat, and the father is standing across from me. And then God himself spoke to me for probably, I think it was the first time in my life I ever heard the voice of God. And all he said to me was, do you want to play catch? And he threw me the ball. And I lost it. 15 minutes, I'm on the floor, curled up in a ball, crying my eyes out as God and I, me and God are just the playing catch. Because it was, it was the first glimpse of a revelation of friendship that I ever had because I always thought God wanted to take, 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 take from me. 
But here he's like, I don't want anything from you, kid. I just want you. I just want to hang out with you. Can we just, can we be together? And uh, so, you know, about three weeks later, after that all happened, I was sitting in front of a, a man named Bill Johnson doing the first interview that I've ever done in my entire life. And I was so raw, I'd borrowed the equipment from my school to, to start making this film. And it took me about five minutes to figure out how to turn on the camera while Bill, Bill was patiently waiting. And I was so embarrassed. So I'm like, I don't know how this thing works. But um, so, I, so I made the movie. And, and uh, long story short, uh, made the whole movie for about $20,000. Uh, most of it was bankrolled by my 94-year-old Mennonite grandmother. <clears throat> and um, it became this massive, massive underground hit called Finger of God. And uh, I remember when it, it was successful, I really struggled with the success because um, I, didn't, I, didn't, I knew I didn't deserve it. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to make this movie. I didn't know how to make this movie. Uh, even when I had to edit the movie, God, I, had, I just told God, I'm like, I don't know how to put this thing together. And so he would just, I would just sit there and pray until he gave me like an idea. And then I would edit that. And so the whole movie is just edited that way. And I was like, I don't, I don't deserve this. God, I'm, and I remember thinking like, it's not even, it doesn't look good, doesn't sound good. Like I was, I'm an amateur. And I was like, why would you choose me of all people? to do something like this. And I really, really struggled because like it was making money. And I, I'm like, am I allowed to keep this? You know, like I just, I felt so guilty. <laughs> and um, I remember I went on, it was about probably nine months after the movie had been out. And I went on a, a show called Sid Roth. And uh, how, how Sid shoots his show is basically like, it's, it's, he basically, it's, it's over one day and he'll have like, but have like eight or nine people, and he'll just like bang out the shows like all in one day. And so we're all there kind of together, you know. And I remember they would do this thing um, at the end of the night where they kind of get everybody together and they would just like pray for each other and stuff like that. And I was like trying to figure out how I could get out of it. But because, uh, <laughs> but uh, I remember they said, okay, Darren, you're up. And so there's like this chair in the middle of the room. And so I went and I sit down and I remember there was this, uh, this big African pastor. I have no idea what his name was, but he like, had this like, booming voice. And uh, he's the first one. So I'm, I'm like, I'm sitting in the chair. And all of a sudden, I get this like, paw of a hand, like just slams on my shoulder. And he says, uh, first thing out of his mouth is, you are asking God, why me? And you are asking him why, out of all of the people in the world, why did he choose you? And I'm like, I'm, eyes no longer closed. I'm looking back at like, how do you know this, right? And he says, this is what God says. I chose you because you dared to say yes to the living God. And the Lord also says this. Stop asking. <laughs> Dead serious. This is exactly what he said. It was God, and I had I just I had to laugh because God knows my sense of humor. He's like, "Look, kid, we got a lot to do here. You got to get over yourself." 
this, I knew that's what he was saying. You know what I mean? Like, can, can we move past this? Can you accept the blessing and let's go? Because we got a world, we got a world to change. Let, come on. And the other thing, um, which is kind of funny about this, and I hope this encourages some of you, but um, I had, when Finger of God was released, I had probably 50, at least 15 different people reach out to me and contact me. All, and they were all like, you know, they, they had a production company, they were directors, they were this, that, whatever. And they, they said, you know, for years God has been asking me to make a movie where I travel the world and I document the miraculous. And I just, like, I was waiting for more money, I'm waiting for the right time, I'm waiting, for, I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And then I looked up and I saw your movie, and I'm like, that's the movie God called me to make. And it, but it wasn't like, it was like, just the, well done, man. You know, job well done. And so what's funny is I know for a fact that I was, at best, God's 16th choice <laughs> to make this movie. Like, I just wonder if, like, the Trinity were, like, sitting around and just like, look, nobody's saying yes. Like, what about this Wilson kid? We could take a flyer on him. You know, it's like scraping the bottom of the barrel a little bit, but. So, that's why I mean. he's not looking for your talent. He's not looking for your intelligence. He's not looking for your money. He's just looking for your yes. So good. That's all he wants. He'll take care of the rest. So I want to end it with this. There's a, there's a little extra. I was telling Darren this story, and he's like, oh, you have to tell this story. Yeah, so we just showed the movie here, and the very first place that I showed the movie, I'm only doing four showings before it hits theaters. But the very first place was this church in Denver that I have a relationship with. And so I was out there, and, you know, I haven't released a movie in seven years that I've directed. And so it was, it was, it's been a little nerve-wracking. And um, so I remember I was driving from my hotel to the, to the, the church to, to do the showing. I'm like, so I'm just kind of having my little prayer time with the Lord. And I'm like, you know, and I'd gone through just the season, man. Like, it's been a rough season. So it's like... I haven't, I haven't really, I haven't preached in forever. I haven't like released a movie in forever. And I'm just kind of like, God, are we still like, are we still cool? Like, are we like, you know, I don't know like if this makes any sense. I'm just being super vulnerable to you guys. But I'm like, 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 am I washed up? Is It's been a long time. Like, I don't even know if people are going to like this movie. And but I'm, and I'm like, is, is like, is Breakthrough still even with me? Like, I don't know, you know? I'm, so I'm just kind of like, just being again, like, just kind of like I feel like a little kid. Like, hey, God, like, you still there? And so I, I remember I prayed two things. I said, Lord, I, I asked, just would you please do um, something surprising tonight? Just, I need, I need to see something. It's been a, it's been a while. And I didn't, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know, I wasn't, I didn't have just like a thought in my head of what it would be. I was just like, just do something, just will you please surprise me tonight? And then I said, also like, will you please like release breakthrough for, for the people who are going to be there? And I don't know if he's still assigned to me or not, but would you do that please? And so we get there, we show the movie. And I remember as soon as the movie's over, 
I'm walking down the aisle, and a guy stands up, and he has a little, maybe, I don't know, maybe 10, 11-year-old daughter with him. And he's this the first person who talks to me afterwards. And he says, I just need to tell you something that just happened. It was really weird. I remember right as the movie was ending, I saw this, like, this commotion over on the side of the, of the church. And I looked over, and I saw there was, like, a figure over there. But he was, like, in shadow. And I, I turned to my daughter, and I said, do you see that? And she looked over, and she saw it, too. There's, like, a shadow over there. And I was like, and he, he said, I turned to my daughter and I said, look, Jesus is here. Like, he's actually here. And he said, I felt immediately in my spirit a very strong correction where the Lord said, that is not Jesus. So he's like, look, I don't know what it was, but it was, it's like a shadow man over there. And he was watching the movie and loving every minute of it and kind of, and clapping. And he was just having a time of his life. What, I don't know what that means to you. And I was like, bro, you have no idea what that means. Because God had surprised me. And he let somebody else see breakthrough. In the side, <laughs> in the side of the church. You know, um, I'm going to finish with this, but... Uh, people think that I have this like super like you know awesome faith to make these movies and I guess I kind of do um I have way more faith when I go to make a movie than I do probably in the rest of my life just because he's been so faithful but one thing that like I know like there's certain things I think in your life where you're like okay I'm gonna I, I, I'll go to the to the to the bat for this because I know that God is, is going to do this and for me it's always been weather when we're filming so I filmed for you know six movies over 15 years and I've never once lost a day of filming because of rain ever forecast is horrible doesn't matter and so we had you know I told my daughter this and if you've seen the movie she you know she's was watching everything that was happening and so we went to Honduras and you were there you, you remember this. so we went to this place it was called KK it was a two-hour boat ride to get there and uh, we had we only had a few hours that we could that we could actually film at this place and so when we're driving, we're, we're taking the boat. It's a beautiful day, blue skies. But as soon as we get to the, to the little island, I mean, dude, it was storms. Like, we were like, I don't know if we can even get off the boat. It was just heavy, heavy, heavy storms. And we only had like two hours. And I remember thinking, this is like, I'm like, my, my faith is being tested a little, you know, because like this, is a, this will be a humongous waste of time. But I remember saying, I'm like, don't, I told, I told Serenity, my daughter, I'm like, don't worry, this is going to, we're not going to lose, we're going to film. God's going to do it. And what, five minutes after we parked the boat, everything lifted, blue skies. And she's like, dad, this is weird. This is really weird. But like, for me, the posture for what I'm thinking there, it's not, it's not, a, this is not a cockiness, it's not a, an arrogance. It's, I know who I'm dealing with. I know who I'm partnering with. I'm partnering with, with somebody who's doing this. I'm not doing this for him. I'm doing this with him. Do you know what I mean? And there's a big difference. And so I want to just do this as we end this thing. I want to, um, for anybody who wants it, if you have something in your life where you need breakthrough, because look, breakthrough's here. Okay, the breakthrough angels are here. I guarantee it. 
So I want to pray for people who, who need a breakthrough in their life. It could be spiritually. It could be something in your family. It could be financial. Who knows? I don't, I don't care. But the thing that the Lord has kind of shown me is how we receive is important. The posture that we take actually matters because I think so often when, we, when it's time to pray for somebody or like it's time, like you say, oh, I, I need something. Again, it, it, it's become, he becomes magic Jesus, right? Like hit me with a lightning bolt. I just, I just need you to do, do, do as opposed to like approaching your friend. He's your friend. He, you are not a servant anymore. You know, if I, if I have a need, as hard as it is sometimes to like, you know, if you, you need something from, from one of your friends, actually, if, if they're really, truly good friends, it's actually not hard. It's not hard for me to call up a friend like, I'm, look, man, I, I, I'm going through it. I need, I need some help. You know, I've got a few, a handful of friends who, like, if I call, they'll be, they'll be in my house the next day. They'll fly across the country just because I need it. And that's Jesus. Jesus is that. He's, he's even more of a friend than that. So if you, if, we're not going to make a big deal out of this, but if you need breakthrough in your life, just stand up. And I'm just going to pray. You just hold out your hands, close your eyes. <clears throat> and take a posture. Like, maybe it's the first time in your life you've actually approached Jesus as a friend. You should feel the difference. Because you've done, we've all done magic Jesus. Where it's please, where we're begging. You don't have to beg from a friend, you just ask. So Holy Spirit, come right now. Father, I ask that you will release the breakthrough angels, your breakthrough spirit right now in the name of Jesus. God, you have friends all throughout this church who are postured, who you know their need, you know the pain, you know the fear. You know the anxiety. You've been walking with them through these seasons. And Father, I ask now that you will come and that you will invade their circumstances. That your Holy Spirit will fall upon their life. Will fall upon this this. this Thing that needs breakthrough. Father, I ask that you will clear out everything that the enemy has tried to do to thwart, to stop, to block, to frustrate. God, clear it out right now in Jesus' name. And I speak breakthrough in every life in here breakthrough in every circumstance. And God, I ask that you will even give them every single person in here, you will give them a sign within the next three days that they will know that, that you have heard the cry of their heart. 
I said it will be very specific to each and every one of them. They will know that only God would know that. Only God could do that. Let them know that you are on the job as their friend. We thank you, God. We thank you for your friendship. We thank you that you've pulled us out of the darkness. You've pulled us out of servanthood and into friendship with you. And God, I ask that you will take all of us into a new season of trusting you completely and totally because we know that you walk with us. And I ask God that, that, that we will become trustworthy to you as well, that we will, when we hear the still small voice, when we hear a call, when we hear just that little whisper to do something, that we will always say yes that we will always be brave enough and have the daring to say yes to the living God so that we can walk in the things that you've called us to walk in. We can do the things you've called us to do. Father, pour out your spirit and your trust and your love in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.